Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. Here's your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome back to the Collegian Weekend Review, where we give you an inside look into Michigan's oldest college newspaper. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott, and today we'll be talking to Logan Washburn about the latest happenings in the city of Hillsdale, Megan Schultz about the fashion at the VMAs, Jane Kitchen about a new member of the admissions department staff, and finally, I'll talk to Lauren about Hillsdale's greatest graduate and American hero, Elizabeth Smith Friedman, and why she should be added to the Liberty Walk. This is Lauren, and I'm interviewing Logan Washburn, the city news editor of The Collegian. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I always enjoy talking about the news in the community. Give us a little overview of what was written in the city news section this week. Professor Gary Wolfram, Dr. Wolfram, is running for city council along with current graduate student and alumnus Joshua Palladino. Um, You know, Wolfram Wolfram has an extensive background in economic consulting, both on the state and federal level. So he's hoping that's going to benefit the town. Um, And then Palladino actually served as the opinions editor for the Collegian. And he is hoping to improve the education system in the library. So we'll see how that goes this November. And then we had the Patriots Day fly-in. That's an annual event that honors the anniversary of 9-11. It took place at the municipal airport. Normally, we have a lot of helicopter rides, plane rides, um, an air show, and a free breakfast. Um, This year, it ended up being much more like a car show and um, a breakfast to raise money for businesses in the community. The weather prohibited any kind of helicopter rides from taking place, so the well-advertised Huey helicopter ride was unfortunately canceled. But hundreds still came out from the community to enjoy the event and I think it was overall a success. The Hillsdale Hospital also opened a new infusion care center to help patients who need IV therapy so they don't have to drive to places further away like Jackson or Lansing. They're very excited about this. A longtime Hillsdale Hospital nurse is going to be running the center. Mayor Adam Stockford is going to fight a mystery opponent on Saturday, September 17th. Tell me about that. I knew you were excited to get to this story because you actually wrote it. I did. Um, <laughs> so Adam Stockford is going to be fighting a mystery opponent on the 17th at the fairgrounds. He's been preparing for this and advertising it on his Facebook page where he actually posted a picture of him flexing his muscles. So you can tell he's already excited for the fight. Um, the organizers of the fight say that it's going to be a very family friendly event. And so they're going to do everything in their power to make it open for all members of the community to come and enjoy the fun. People can buy rec- people can buy tickets at Checker Records Coffee. You can buy a VIP ticket for $20 and a standard ticket for $13. But they'll sell tickets at the door for $15. Something else that is interesting about this event uh, that I learned when I was talking to The person who's hosting it, his name is Phil Monahan. He is a former American professional wrestler. He mentioned how there is going to be a micro championship wrestling match. And if you're wondering what that is, well, you'll have to see for yourself. 
Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. But it's, it's, it's expected to be a super fun event. There's going to be a lot of first-time things for Hillsdale County. And Adam Stockford, he, you know, the mayor, he's encouraging everyone to come out. He said he doesn't want people to take it too seriously because it's not that serious. He just wants everyone to have a good time. It's already generating a lot of excitement from the college and the community alike. And so I think it's going to be a great time. Another thing we featured in the city news section is Zalantro's Tacos, which is a food truck in Hillsdale. And they are known for only offering authentic Mexican street food. So tell me a little bit about this. Well, you should know about this as well. We both went there to try it out and it was an amazing place. Um, we did, yes. Yeah. I, I got a chicken and cheese quesadilla and I very much enjoyed it. Yes, it was amazing. I got tacos with um, with chicken and pineapple on them. It was amazing. Um, very different than your typical Mexican restaurant. They avoid the Tex-Mex style with the tomatoes, lettuce, and sour cream. And they really try to make it as authentic as possible. So they try to make it like something you'd find on the streets in Mexico. The man I interviewed, Carlos Alvarez, he actually, him and his wife, they own the food truck. And he explained to me that they moved to Michigan from Mexico in 2010. And it was their dream to open a food truck. And so they finally got to do that. It was four years in the making. And they opened on Cinco de Mayo in 2022, which I also thought was really cool and a special time for a taco truck to open. Yeah, it was perfect. And the Hillsdale community was very excited about it, it sounded like. When they showed up, they said that they got tons of business and that they actually ran out of food the first time because they weren't prepared for so many customers. So they're very excited to have that support of the community and they hope to continue that relationship. And where are they located? They're located across from the GMC dealer at 184 West Carlton Road. And I understand they're only in Hillsdale on Thursdays. What are their hours on Thursdays? Their hours are 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. every Thursday. And then tell me about the crime report. So this is a new section we've added this year. It's made a comeback, essentially, because we used to have this in older editions of the Collegian. But it's essentially a police report. It details a lot of the arrests that have happened within the past week or so. We don't feature everything, but we feature a selection of arrests. And what we noticed was that on September 12th, um, two men, one from Jonesville and one from Quincy, were arrested for breaking and entering and larceny from a building. No bond was allowed for both of them, and the Michigan State Police arrested them. So it sounds like that was an incident of burglary, and that was an interesting thing we came across. It's a fun thing that we get to do with the crime report. It really shows patterns in crime in the community, and we hope to inform people through that. Thank you for joining us, Logan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is the Collegian Week in Review. This is Maddie, and I'm here with Megan Schultz, the editor of the best section of the Collegian, the features <laughs> section. Uh, Megan, this week you wrote a story about the VMAs and what celebrities wore to it. Can you tell me a little bit more about this story? Yeah, I did. Um, so basically, I just broke down um, a handful of outfits that people wore on the carpet. Um, it was all about the clothes and not about the celebrities, and I had a really good time writing it. And hopefully people thought it was funny. 
So what were the highs and lows of the fashion at the VMAs this year? Um, my personal favorite um, was the sleeping bag that Chloe Feynman wore. It was silver and it had a little orange lining on it. And then she had a little um, carrot hanging from her pinky nail. And I just really think that encapsulates what I try to go for personally in my day-to-day look. So It's moving. It is. It is. I was emotional when I wrote that down. What were some of the lows? Um, well, it gets a little tough with the boys sometimes because they tend to be very dull um, in their clothing choices on the carpet. Um, but we had a couple of hits, but mo- mostly misses. Most of them I had to just pass right over because they were in a black suit and tie. Um, so not too many of them made it into the piece. Who did you talk about in this story? Um, well, I closed with Taylor Swift, who I think actually looked very lovely. Um, she was wearing um, basically silver, silver jewels and not much else, but she looked really good. Um, but other than that, Sabrina Carpenter, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, DJ Khaled. Yeah. What are your thoughts on sort of the broader idea of red carpets as a concept um well i i love it i love fashion i think clothes are really fun i think it's fun to see what designers and stylists are putting together and i think mm, celebrities tend to be really good models um it's not about them as people necessarily it's not about honoring them as because they're so great or something like that but more about um beautiful people displaying really beautiful clothing and the, the clothing is the focus um, not them themselves, and I think that's really awesome. Um, however, the VMAs, I would say, are a strong exception to that, um, and that's why it was kind of fun to just um, take a closer look and kind of try to make some fun of the outfits that they wore because I would not say the VMAs are included in that, but generally I really enjoy watching red carpets and um, specifically for the clothes. I think it's really fun. What is the best red carpet look or just red carpet as a whole that you've ever watched? Definitely the Met Gala. I think it's obviously there's still lots of misses, um, but people tend to really bring their A game for it as they should. And I think it's good to apply a little pressure. That's like, no, you should show up and do your best. Um, but the Met Gala usually produces the most beautiful, um, epic outfits for sure. Blake Lively always turns out a really, really good show. Um, so she's always one to look at. What was this past Met Gala theme? Um, it was America, a lexicon in fashion, I believe. Was that the one where AOC had that? That was two years ago. That was two years ago. I also wrote a piece on that. Okay. About thoughts. About AOC? Yeah. And that outfit? Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. Um, there was a breakdown that another um, publication did, and I wish I could remember the name, but I can't, um, that her shoes cost more than what the average American household um, spends on groceries in a week or a month. I'm sorry. I'm totally mis- like ruining the statistic, but the point is- her outfit was very expensive. The seat she was sitting in cost a lot of money. Um, and she didn't pay for any of it, but she wrote tax the rich on her dress. And I just thought that was so great because it was so ridiculous. Um, there's nothing wrong with making a statement, but that was pretty bad context for what she decided to put on the dress. So, Well, thank you for sharing, Megan. Anytime. Thanks for having me. The Collegian Weekend Review continues. This is Lauren, and I'm interviewing Jane Kitchen, a Collegian reporter. 
and she wrote an article about the admissions department getting a new assistant director. Tell me a little bit about this, Jane. Yeah, so um, admissions hired a new assistant director, Amelia Lawson, um, and she's in charge basically of managing student ambassadors and also the high school summer programs. So, um, And I talked to a couple of people who work with her, and, and it sounds like everyone loves her, and uh, it's a new position that they created because there are so many more um, student ambassadors and so many more uh, high schoolers interested in the summer programs. And it sounds like it's been a good change. What did Lawson do for the college before she was hired as assistant director? Uh, she used to be the operations coordinator for the Barney Charter School Initiative. What did some of these student ambassadors have to say about this new hire? Um, well, so I talked to Luke Hollister, who's the head student ambassador, and also Jane Jeffs, who's uh, director of continuing education on the student ambassador leadership team. Uh, and they, they both had great things to say. You know, they said she's very intelligent. Um, her perspective is good because she came from the different department. She has a unique um, outlook on admissions and can see things that people who've been working there can't. Um, and also just that she's very motivated and organized and purposeful. Are they working on anything new in the admissions department? Are there any new developments with the increase of applications? Yeah, they're one of the things um, that Jane Jeff says she does and she works with um, Amelia Lawson a little bit uh, to do this is developing the refresh training for the student ambassadors. All right. Thank you, Jane. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. This is Maddie, and I'm here with Lauren, the assistant opinions editor and my excellent co-host. Lauren, this week you wrote a story about why Elizabeth Smith Friedman should be the next statue on the Liberty Walk. Tell us about who she is and why you think she should be the next statue. Elizabeth is a 1915 Hillsdale alumna. She was also a member of the Pi Beta Phi sorority, and she was amazing, to say the least. She helped break codes in both of the world wars. She also was a key witness in a series of trials that helped bring down Al Capone. And those things are amazing in itself, but it's even more special to Hillsdale that she graduated from here. And so I argued that we should honor her and recognize her accomplishments by adding her to the Liberty Walk so that more students can get to know her and honor what she did. What were some of her accomplishments as a cryptanalyst? So in World War I, the United States didn't have any kind of a code-breaking unit. She basically was hired to work at Riverbank Laboratories, which was the first ever code-breaking unit established in America, um, established by George Fabian. And ever or up until that point, coding was kind of just a hobby for her. But now it was kind of like a game changer. She was no longer doing it for fun or just to learn. She was breaking codes 
for a world war and her success or failure could determine the fate of the nation. And at some point she actually reached all of that had been known about coding. So she had to start inventing code like codes for herself. And so she invented a lot of the codes that American agencies use today. And so that was her big contribution in World War One. In World War Two, her biggest thing was intercepting enemy messages uh, from German U-boats in the Atlantic. And this was very important work in World War Two. So basically, German U-boats would find allied ships and they would try and sink all of them. And that was basically the supply line. And there was also a lot of troops on the ships. And so Elizabeth was able to determine the location of the U-boats by intercepting and then breaking their messages so that she could then notify the captain of the Allied ships and they could then go to shore and not be sunk. And this was some of the most important work in World War II that oftentimes gets overlooked. But one, this allowed the supply line to exist. And two, if the U-boats were successful in sinking all the convoys and destroying all the ships, it would pretty much knock the English out of the war. And if the English is out of the war, the war is essentially over. Why does nobody know her name? After World War II ended and Elizabeth helped bring down many U-boats and she also defeated one of Hitler's elite and also like the most wanted man in the SS who was doing work in South America. A man in the FBI, he was the American FBI director at the time. His name was J. Edgar Hoover. And what he did was he took all of the decrypts that Elizabeth and her team sent over and I was over 4,000 decrypts and he erased Elizabeth's name and he erased her team's name and he replaced it with FBI identification numbers so the whole world thought that it was Hoover who broke all these codes and was able to find victory and so basically he got all the glory He got all the headlines. He got all the credit. And that's what he wanted. He did that intentionally. He wanted the credit. And he took that away from Elizabeth. And then another reason why we don't know is because the Navy, she was working for the Navy at the time, made her swear an oath of secrecy until death. And so she couldn't even tell her husband about her accomplishments And that was something very difficult for Elizabeth because she was the kind of person who did not want to be an ordinary woman. Her maiden name was Smith, and she hated it. She called it the odious name Smith because it made her feel ordinary. And she wanted to be something extraordinary. And so for Elizabeth to have these amazing accomplishments, she literally helped America win two world wars and she had to be silent about that 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 caused her great pain and it was very difficult for her and the government kept her files 
um, classified until 2008. So they kept them classified for 62 years. And so we didn't know all of her accomplishments until 28 years after her death. And she died in 1980 in a nursing home and she died poor because her savings had dwindled by the time that she passed. So if you had to distill your argument into, you know, a short little package, why should she be on the Liberty Walk? Why her? Why why not someone else? If her records had not been classified, everybody in this nation would recognize her as one of America's greatest heroes. She's not just one of Hillsdale's greatest heroes, and she's not just one of America's greatest women. She is one of America's greatest heroes, like universally speaking. And people would recognize her as that if her records had not been classified. And there's been a documentary made about her. There's, I believe, like two books published about her life, but that's pretty much it. And so she's slowly gaining fame, but it's very gradual. And so people knew, if people only knew how great of a hero she was, everybody would be writing about her. Everybody would be praising her. And what an amazing thing that she is from Hillsdale. She came from Hillsdale College. And so I just think that as an American hero alone, she should be added to the Liberty Walk. But even more so that she's a Hillsdale alumna, she should be there. Well, thank you for sharing, Lauren. Of course. You have been listening to the Collegian Week in Review with your hosts, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. You can find the Collegian on Twitter and Instagram at hdalecollegian or online at hillsdalecollegian.com. Once again, this has been the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.